You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your ears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews from jaysfromthecouch.com. Back with you to talk Blue Jays. I know there has not been a lot of Blue Jays to talk about lately. And you might hear it in my voice that I'm a little down today. But I I want to get something out for y'all. And we do have stuff to talk about. The winter meetings are happening in Vegas this week. So activity is going to pick up. Maybe not to the levels we've seen in the past with the Blue Jays, but it will happen. So we're going to talk about things that the Blue Jays can do that's kind of on their list to do in Vegas. So we'll talk about that in a second segment, and we'll go around the league a little bit as well. There have been some big moves since we last spoke, so we'll go over those a little bit. Might touch on them in this first segment that we are going to discuss because the biggest news so far this month with the Blue Jays has not been who's coming in, but who's rumored to be going out. And we talked about Russell Martin last time that we were on the podcast. And now it's ramped up to the point where the talk around Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman has started up again. Ross Atkins has given credence to this with the notion that no one whose contract expires before the start of the 2021 season is off limits when it comes to trade. And everyone looks at Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman. Both of them have their free agency coming up in that period of time. And now because Seattle's selling off, because a lot of teams look like they're throwing in the towel, everyone's looking at Toronto, like, are they going to sell off their young pitchers? And, Various baseball writers have reported that teams are sniffing around. Cincinnati's been a very popular team to mention going after uh, Marcus Stroman. But I hear all these rumors going on, and I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard from the Blue Jays' standpoint. Just absolutely bonkers to hear that because there there are a couple reasons why I I feel that one if if you're getting to this point where you're shopping Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez two years out from their contract endpoint you either have absolutely no faith that you are going to be able to keep them past that point you're not going to be able to win enough or or entice them enough with the organization you're you're not giving Charlie Montoya a shot to work with him. You're not you're not doing anything really to convince them that staying in Toronto long term is the best option. And if you really are that down on both of them that you don't think they're going to want to stay in Canada, then I guess yeah, trade them. But that kind of leads to the second point of this argument, that if the Toronto Blue Jays are so down on Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman that they want them out of town, guess what? The entire league knows that. The entire league is down on them, and they are going to treat them accordingly. Like, if 
if any fan has any inkling of a James Paxson type deal for Aaron Sanchez, you are going to be very disappointed with the return in that instance because both Sanchez and Strowman are coming off such terrible years that they are not going to get anything close to their value on the trade market right now. Like, are are you interested in a 27-year-old pitcher with a 5.54 ERA? No, that's Jaime Garcia, just younger. Like, are are you interested in a guy who has not been able to complete a full season, who also had a near 5 ERA, who wasn't able to reach his strikeout potential that he flashes? No. No one wants to pay pre. No one's going to give a number one prospect for these kind of guys. Justice Sheffield is not going to be walking into that dugout in exchange for for Aaron Sanchez or Marcus Stroman right now. So, if the Blue Jays still want to get rid of them, this is not the season to do it. This is not the off season to do it. If you're going to do it. Do it when you should have traded Josh Donaldson. Do it one year out. Do it when they've built some value back up. Like if if Aaron Sanchez goes right now, you you will be lucky to get a top five prospect for him. You probably get a package of like seven and nine, and if you're lucky, maybe a, a lower one just to throw in. But it's a far cry from the value that he would have had if he had a good season last year. And and this has been the recurring theme for the Blue Jays over the past two seasons. They, they've put together a roster they think might be able to contend, and then just everything goes wrong. And then when you go to trade those pieces, they're the things that have gone wrong. So they are not going to get anything in return. So doing that just does not make sense from, from that from that talent perspective, from that return perspective, and from that position perspective as well. Because let's remember that right now, on the Toronto Blue Jays roster, after Sanchez and Stroman, are potentially three guys who have made a combined 30 starts in Major League Baseball. That none of them is over the age of 25, and if you're if you're gonna go into next season and say, hey Ryan Barucki, that was a great rookie season. You really you really exceeded expectations. You're the ace now. How is that going to work for England? That's that's gonna be like Detroit 2004 bat, and it it might actually wreck what you're doing with the starting pitching, putting that kind of pressure on them. And my go-to for this is the Detroit Tigers of like the early 2000s when they had like. Jeremy Bonderman and and Mike Maroff and then Mike Maroff loses like 20 games and just wrecked for the rest of his career. So you really don't want to risk that with these guys. You want to you want to get you want to have some presence there, some talent who, you know, is used to being a number 1 number 2 and can go out there and be competitive. Because, like, you don't want to go full tank on this. You don't want to just throw anyone out there and lose 100 games like Baltimore did. You want to at least have some kind of competitive nature to your game. Just so you impart that on the younger players coming up. And 
I don't think trading Sanchez and Stroman is the way to do that. You want to trade anyone else? Fine. Like I said, Russell Martin, if you can get something for him, great. If if someone is foolish enough to pick up Troy Tulitsky, awesome. But Sanchez and Stroman, just it, it does not make sense from any stretch of the means, unless it's a blowaway package. But they're not going to get a blowaway package for them given the way they performed last year. So I don't see either of them moving. I maybe midseason once they build their value up or in the offseason next year, fine. But definitely not going to happen this offseason. We can talk about some things that probably will happen in this offseason. We'll, we'll discuss the winter meetings from a Blue Jays perspective right after this break. All right, welcome back. So, middle of winter, Nova Scotia is a far cry from Las Vegas. But I <laughs> I I wish I was down there. But, you know, all all of MLB is coalescing in the desert, enjoying the heat. And this is when things are supposed to really pick up from a transactional standpoint. And the Blue Jays are starting to get mentioned when it comes to starting pitching and you know at at first the mention was was that the blue jays were very interested in signing dallas keichel to a deal which that also doesn't make a lot of sense to someone who's just kind of you know out here on on the outside trying to take a look at it and if the blue jays front office is like we're not going to sign anyone who isn't locked down for more than two years. Like, like they've clearly defined their window with their words. They're aiming for 2021. That's when they think they're going to be competitive again. And to sign a pitcher like Dallas Keuchel to a four-year deal, you have to look at that and wonder, is he going to be the kind of pitcher that can be competitive in 2021? And with Keuchel's recent history with his with his injuries it's hard to really project that for a guy who is going to be 31 at the start of the season yes he's a he's a lefty which is great he's got a Cy Young he's got a he's got a career 366 ERA but you you have to wonder what you're going to get from him by the time he comes back around and with with a guy like Keiko, like like you can already see him kind of starting to dip a little bit. He he bounced back in 2017 after a dismal 2016 season. He had an All Star campaign. He had a 2.90 ERA, but he came back again this season. He did pitch over 200 innings, which is great. But he also gave up the most hits in Major League Baseball last year. So. For for a team with a young defense that's going to be learning, that already has problems, you know, kind of bailing its pitchers out, kind of keeping that uh, fielding independent pitching below the ERA, 
having a guy who gives up a lot of hits is not going to help that. I mean, you can look at Marcus Stroman and see that a guy who relies on contact, who's giving up a lot of hits, not having a lot of success with this current team in Toronto. Maybe that improves with some of the younger guys as they get more acclimated to the majors. Maybe Guriel getting another full season at shortstop. Maybe having McKinney out there in left field instead of Teoscar Hernandez, although really didn't make a difference last year when it came to terms defensively. Either way, not going to help a guy like Keuchel keep his ERA down, keep keep batters off the base paths, and it's it's going to get worse by the time this team gets better. And and also Scott Boris client, so. If the Blue Jays are having a, a difficult time dealing with him when it comes to Aaron Sanchez, they're not going to add more people onto that fire. So the whole Dallas Keuchel thing just never struck me as being true. And we, I talked about this on Jays from the Couch Radio last week, just that it it didn't strike me as having a shred of capability. Just, just It could have been Boris himself throwing it out there. We talked about that on the podcast I I think he's sneaky like that. But no, what did come out yesterday though were a couple more conventional targets I think the Blue Jays could be interested in if if only for like a a year long stint. And I think that's what fans have been looking at the Blue Jays to do sign sign an arm who can give them a year's worth of starts or maybe be peddled at the deadline for more prospects. Um, Mike Fires was thrown out there, coming off a very good run with Oakland after he got traded by Detroit. Just a very good season in general for Fires, which, you know, anytime a guy with a name as easily punnable as Mike Fires has a good season, well, you know, it just gets everything burning up. And, you know, the, the fire-smoke combo will be legendary for puns, but... Fires is an older guy, you know he he can eat innings for this roster. He's another righty. I don't like he he would balance out if both Barucki and Thomas Pannone make the rotation. He would balance that out a little bit. But another more interesting name, I think for Blue Jays fans at least, is Kendall Graveman's name has been thrown out. And not again another righty, but Graveman is known to Blue Jays fans as one of the guys that got traded for Josh Donaldson. And Graveman is coming off a injury plague season. He he ended it on the sixty day DL. Was not tendered by Oakland and, and was just kind of miserable when he was out on the field. Just a uh again, could not keep guys off the base paths, gave up a lot of hits. Gave up nine home runs in 34 innings. That's not great by any stretch of the means, even in this day and age. He has youth on his side. He turns 28 in two weeks. So if you look at it from that perspective, then he he might be like a discount, like Shelby Miller kind of signing. And... If, if that's what the Blue Jays are looking for, just to kind of eat the innings like that, that's, again, the kind of pitcher they're probably going to target during the winter meetings. Um, and I I think that makes more sense just to keep the payroll flexibility. We can see this front office trying to get back to 
a, a place where it's not hamstrung light by contracts like Russell Martin's, like Troy Tulowitzki's, um, like like what they would have had to pay Josh Donaldson. So I think that's their play, especially since they know they're not going to be competitive. Maybe a two-year deal gets fires in there. I think Graveman could be even a minor league deal, like with with incentives and stuff. That's the kind of guy they're going to bring in to help that rotation. And one other thing I did want to touch on right quick was the Rule 5 draft that is coming up on Thursday. We might talk about it more later on this week, but the Blue Jays do have 39 on the roster right now, so they do have the ability to add someone if they want. Probably going to lose someone, just given all the pitchers that are exposed. And sadly, my money's on Jordan Romano as a popular target given that he's been a starter, looked really good at AA New Hampshire, could easily be stashed at the back end of a bullpen. Like, I mean, the Blue Jays have done that numerous times, so I I would not be surprised to, to see him go. But there are some options for the Blue Jays to kind of kind of take a look at. If they want to look at another starter option, I mentioned Trevor Clifton from the Cubs last year. He's still available. I I do like his repertoire. He's he's kind of like a bargain basement Trent Thornton. So if if he is still there, he's still showing the kind of growth. He was really young when he was exposed last year, but he did make it up to AAA Iowa last year. So. He does have a little more experience, and he pitched very well over Double A AA and Triple A. I think Clifton's going to get taken this year. He does have you know former top hundred buzz, and again could very easily be stashed. He's it's going to be tough for him to break in with the Cubs, so he he's a good pick in in my mind. Um, a guy like Brailing Eusebio from Colorado, who's a lefty, he's got a really good fastball, really good sinker. He's injured, so you can just pop him on the DL and just keep him there for the time being and see how he looks when he's, you know, coming back. But I think the best option for the Blue Jays might be to fix their lefty situation cuz Tim Mays is the only lefty in ticketed for the bullpen on the 40-man roster. So what the Blue Jays can do is try and find another arm who maybe can stick around and bolster what they have back there, and there is an option available via the Minnesota Twins, and his name is Tyler J. He was the number six pick in the 2015 draft. He was a closer in college. Minnesota tried to convert him to a starter, but he he's had issues with injuries, and he, he was put back in the bullpen last year. And while he doesn't have a stellar 2018 to boast. He again, he has he has a pedigree that works and he has more he has more capability of being that kind of crafty lefty, I guess, than if the Blue Jays were to just go to free agency and try and find someone there. Um, he had a 4.22 ERA at Chattanooga. That's Minnesota's Double A team, but he's still young, and 
and again, if you're if you're trying to find like potential, if you're trying to find that next BG, Tyler J is the kind of guy you roll on that, you know, if if you do hit on him, great. If not, whatever, you just chip him back, it's fine. So that that's who I kinda look at the Blue Jays to, to target in the rule five. It is getting help that way as opposed to trying to pay out free agency betting on that high upside and and seeing who they can get for that role i i like tyler j a lot i i'd be happy with clifton too but if the blue jays get a pitcher that that would be preferable than you know giving dallas keichel 80 million dollars to be bad in 2022 we'll take a look at some names around Major League Baseball and wrap up this episode of Locked on Jays right after this break. All right, so I do want to touch on a couple of moves that were made around MLB. We'll start with Patrick Corbin just defying everyone, including his brother. Everyone had him penciled in for New York and was all set to like just give the crown to Yankees. Nope. The Nationals swoop in instead, giving him an absolutely ridiculous six-year contract for a guy who basically had one good year. They paid him $140 million. That is insane. But it, it it's clear like that's that's how Washington is going to try and play things like they they lose Bryce Harper in free agency so I I guess the plan is just go supernova with the rotation do they have the arms to do that though they have Max Scherzer who's the best pitcher in baseball right now don't at me they they have Steven Strasburg when he's healthy and now adding Corbin to that gives them three really good starters that you can throw out like any time you want it's just a matter of if that is going to be enough, if they can get enough from the offense to make it worthwhile. Because, like, the last time, you know, the, la- the last time we saw a team try and win with, like, this unbeatable triple dragoon in the rotation, Atlanta won, like, one World Series, but was always just overtaken in the end. So. Is Washington going to be able to generate enough offense? Is Dave Martinez going to be able to do enough on the field to support these guys and get them wins? I mean, they they can look at the Mets to see what happens when you don't get run support. Jacob DeGrom wins like 10 games with a 1.8 ERA. I'm, I'm just looking, making that off the top of my head. But they, they do still have Trey Turner. They, they do still have Anthony Rendon. They'll get Adam Eaton back. So they they should be able to do enough. It's just a matter of if they can throw enough out there, like if if they can do enough to support those three and and just kind of make a push that way. It'll be interesting to see. They'll they'll have to deal with a revamped St. Louis team that got Paul Paul Goldschmidt from Arizona relatively cheaply. They sent uh, catcher Carson Kelly, who's never hit above 200 in the majors. Uh, Luke Weaver, 
who was really good in 2017, but then fell apart in 2018 and got sent back to the bullpen and just frustrated the heck out of me on my fantasy team. And then a draft pick in another infielder, Andy Young, I think his name is. I, I, everyone's saying like, oh, that's a, that's a good haul for Arizona. I'm not so sure. I mean, they, they felt pressured to move on from the big contract. So they moved Goldschmidt. They move, they're looking to move Zach Greinke. Does Carson Kelly solve everything behind the plate for them? They'll give him a shot. I mean, they're going to have time because apparently Arizona is in the same boat as Seattle and just completely regressing and stepping back. It makes St. Louis really dangerous lineup-wise because now they have Goldschmidt and Carpenter going back-to-back. And they they have guys who can set the table ahead of them. They probably traded their best one, though, in Tommy Pham. I, I still don't understand why they traded Tommy Pham to Tampa Bay. But that is what it is. So... It, it makes the NL Central really interesting because the Cubs and the Brewers and the Cardinals are just going to go all out over there. And I'm sorry if you're a fan of Cincinnati or Pittsburgh. It it looks like you're going to fall victim to that whole dichotomy of, hey, we're not going to win, so let's just tank. Um, One final thing I did want to mention, we talked about Russell Martin landing spots. Doesn't look like Houston's going to be one of them now. They signed Robinson Chirinos. Earlier this month. Um, so they, it looks like they're going to pair Chirinos with Max Stacy, And that'll be their catching platoon. They might they might look at a, at a third option. But it's not likely it's going to be the $20 million Russell Martin. So take the Astros out of the running there. Looks like it could be the Yankees. The Yankees have been pushing to get JT Realmuto from Miami. They... they may trade Gary Sanchez in that deal. But if they can't agree to terms with the Marlins, Martin could be a decent fallback option for them just to try and steal Sanchez a bit more. But in in any case, Houston's off the table there. And yeah, we um we do want to wrap this up right quick. Also want to give a a brief moment of silence here in memory of the two former players killed in Venezuela, Jose Castillo and Luis Valbuena. So... There we go. Um, Tragic news that... and, And just highlight some of the dangers that people will go to just to continue playing a game they love. So... Um, our, our sympathies with the families of those two players that will, that will kind of end this podcast on a down note to started it on a down note. So I guess that makes sense. So thank you all for listening to today's episode. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at locked on Jays. Follow me on Twitter at Neo AC 18. Check out the writing at Jays from the couch.com familiar name making her debut on Jays from the couch. Karen Suter has her first article up today, so check that out. Give the former Fan Friday favorite some some support. And, yeah, we'll try and, and talk at you again later this week with some, hopefully, some news from the winter meetings. We'll see what happens then. But until then, for everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network, thank you for listening to Locked On Blue Jays. I've been your host, Ryan Andrews. 
and y'all take care. invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now for April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to its signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.